0: You've been hanging out with people and now their vision has become your vision. Where is your vision? You know what God has called you to do as a family. You know what God has asked you to do, but you have forsaken that because you wanna look cool and you wanna look accepted and you wanna look happening and you become part of some cool vision. Guess what happened? God did not call you for the cool vision. God gave you a specific vision.
1: Welcome to the City Light Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today as we look into God's Word and discover the hope and truth that He has for us. If you want to connect with City Light Church, feel free to visit us at CityLightNYC.com. That's CityLightNYC.com. Pastor Boyan Jancic and his team believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is already working in our hearts and minds. As you listen to today's teaching, remember that you are deeply loved by God, that you are surrounded by His grace, and that He has a real hope and a future for you.
0: Bonnie Andrews is here, a fantastic preacher and evangelist who is a blessing and a friend of City Light Church. So put your hands together and help me welcome our friend, Bonnie Andrews. Come on City Light, make some noise. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah! Oh my god, this morning I'm filled with gratefulness that I'm alive, I'm fully well, I'm blessed and highly favored, and I get to share the word in this amazing church. Come on, give some praise right now! Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so happy to be here, and I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a great friend of this church. Uh, You know, this is like a second home. I wanna thank God for the the man of God, uh, Pastor Boyan, uh, who's who's a senior pastor of this church, founding senior pastor, and for the great vision that God has given him and how he's able to steward it uh, right in this house. Uh, Many people are not ready to pay the price uh, for what God has asked you to do, but you know, he's been faithfully standing in the front line and being serving the Lord. I want to thank God for the pastors in the house, Pastor James, Pastor Mo. Uh, I want to thank God for the amazing worship team. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, So I bring greetings, I bring greetings from our ministry. I just want to say this church has been a generous partner and supporter uh, of our ministry on on reaching students, not only in America, especially in the US, on college campuses and high schools around the world. Uh, I just want to play a quick video from our recent event at UC Berkeley, over to you. conflicting protests protest happening at the same time at UC Berkeley. At- UC Berkeley,
1: known as one of America's most liberal campuses. violent Protests critical in it. What you'd call like agnostic.
0: Okay, hey, we're inside the auditorium. This is a pretty interesting situation. It's
1: changing this room entirely to make the event uh, really, really special. They're taking out light bulbs to dim it. They're really going above and beyond.
0: super pumped, expectant for what God is about to do. I think we're going to have full house. The a big warm welcome to Drs. Rice Brooks and Brian Miller.
1: She to the point that all religions were kind of the same, but then halfway through the talk, she just started crying, and then after the talk, she came up to me, she was like, hey, do you know anything about the Christian people? I mean, on Sundays, I'd love to go to that. The fine tuning argument is probably the most compelling. In my personal life right now, I have a close person who has lost the will to continue, and this gave me a direction to
0: help. Even if you are losing hope, there's a purpose.
1: Fantastic, I really enjoyed it, yeah. awesome night, learned a lot, excited to take it with me and, and share the good news. It's kind of pulling me stronger towards Christianity.
0: Come on somebody, 400, 478 students in one of the most liberal campuses, let me just say that Jesus is still changing lives, Jesus is still changing lives, those two guys, the captains of the football team, you understand the influence that these team members have on the campus especially those young girls uh, that really had, you know, this is like a serious event. It's not like a, a revival gathering. This is an apologetics event. Uh, we, are, we, are, we got the best of the best people. The author of God's Not Dead. We have a scientist from MIT joining us and we share the gospel through evidence, through evil. You know, share about the arguments around uh, the evidence of, uh, you know, the, the Bible, the scriptures. We talk about evil. Why do bad things happen to good people? We talk about evolution. We talk about all the science aspects signs and faith, and then we share the gospel and let these kids take a response. And I'm telling you, uh, God is moving mightily on the college campus. Uh, Pray for us, especially this month on the 23rd. We are going to be at MIT, right here on the East Coast. And my prayer is that God would open up one of the most influential corridors in the world is right where we are. You know, the entire Northeast, uh, some of the best universities in the world are here. The nations are coming to our nation, and we get this amazing opportunity. Leonel Ravenhill said, the opportunity of a lifetime has to be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. I want to say that again. The opportunity of a lifetime has to be seized in the lifetime of this opportunity. And that's what we're trying to do. These kids, while they're here, we have a window to share the gospel before the, before they head out into the world and we get this opportunity to share the gospel one big report 1.1 million students 2023 a big report from uh to uh 20 uh yeah 2023 is that um 1 million students were reach with the gospel around the world in 42 cities uh, out of that 56,000 students were in person and over 11,200 seekers on our chat line just asking questions and we've been able to share the gospel, send a Bible to them. Thank you so much for praying. If you'd like to partner in any way, you want to give to us, uh, please get in touch with the church uh, and they will be able to pass it on to you and you get your tax breaks as well. So thank you so much. Is everybody excited for the Word of God? We had a powerful service. And I believe that you know this word is from heaven for you uh, and I believe that this is for us and uh, I want to have that uh, picture of my family right here uh, on the screen this is my beautiful family who's speaking at an event uh, on 2024 31st night and this is a picture from them I've been married to my beautiful wife they're probably watching me online hi hello uh love you see you soon for lunch Okay, uh, so well, I want to say that I've been married to my wife for 14 years. We've got three beautiful boys. Uh, we can, uh, you know, we, we can put them together in a New York apartment. So we've actually officially moved to the burbs, <laughs> and uh, we have some more room. And uh, you know, let me just say, 14 years of being married to this woman—it's been a joy. It's been it's been a, it's been an amazing, ride. But one of the things I know is that you know, uh, for people, I just feel like let me just throw it out to you. People who wanted to get married. This is totally off the topic. But I just want to say, I want to throw it out for you guys. For people who need need to get married. We're not able to take a step of faith. And you're wondering about where the money for the marriage is going to come from. Where the money for the wedding is going to come from. So when I uh, met my wife and, you know, we finally decided to get married. I, I, you know, I couldn't wait. Because I knew this was it. You know, when God spoke to me at a word, at confirmations. And I said, I I couldn't wait. And I, I walked up coming in from an indian background we walked up uh, i talked to my in-laws and i here i'm talking to my you know mother-in-law and i was telling her hey listen I, I i really i feel like we need to get married i don't want I, I don't want to paint the town red and i don't want to go around you know i just want to make sure that I want to get married as soon as possible so here's my beautiful mother-in-law telling me listen we need some time to prepare okay we need some time to prepare which means we need some time to prep our finances put together because in our uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know, culture, everybody puts in the money. It's not just a couple, right? Pastor James. Uh, So everybody puts in the money. So listen, uh, so she basically said, listen, we got to, we got to work on it. I'm like, man, I'm in a hurry. Okay. And listen, I'm in a hurry and I got the faith. I had no money in my bank, but I just told my mother in love. I said, don't worry about the money. I'll be paying for everything. Let's get going. Okay, it was a step of faith. And I want to say something. He is Jehovah Jireh. Okay, he's Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for us according to his riches and glory. All we need to do is that every promise in the scripture is yes and amen. Right? If it is in the book, it can happen. So I just stepped out in faith. And I want to just tell you something. It was not just a normal wedding. We got married in the top five destination spots in all of our country right on the beach, a beautiful exotic place, and the Lord paid for every bill. In fact, we had extra money to start our home. I didn't have to put a registry, I already had the money, I just had to go there and buy it. I'm telling you, God is a providing God. I'm looking at people in the room, you're wondering, God, where is my money gonna come from? How am I gonna get, the, uh, you know, how am I gonna get married? Where's the money for the ring? I'm telling you, step out in faith, and watch what we'll, we'll do in and through your life because his name is jehovah jireh this is totally off the topic i just feel like in my spirit somebody needed to hear did anybody need to hear that he's a provider sometimes you feel like as a minister oh my god we you know we're poor guys man we can't afford it let me tell you something you set the ceiling and the lord exceeds our, our imagination the bible says you know as creative people you know, as, as Sean and some of these people, as some of our people in the room, we are creative people. We can think about some crazy things. But the Bible says, he will do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. What does that mean? He's going to exceed your imagination. How's that? Somebody getting excited right here? He's going he's to beat your wildest dreams. He's going to beat your wildest imaginations. But only if you would step in faith. And receive and say, God, if it is in your word, amen. if You, if God can speak and provide for this curry-eating man, amen. he can do it for me. Amen. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Now, coming back to the topic, you know, Mark Riscoll, he, he, uh, he made a quote like this, you dated your wife to get married, but you have to continue to date your wife to stay married. Amen, amen. Somebody need to hear that? You dated your wife to get married. Oh my God. Pastor Mo, you're not talking about flowers, chocolates, gifts, time. You were doing everything possible and borrowed ideas. And now you got ChatGPT. I mean, you're making poems and you're making write ups and you're writing blogs and you're writing things about her. Somehow, some way to get her on board. And then, men, as men, we are conquerors. We conquered. We conquered her. Now we're on to the next assignment. But let me tell you something. we got to have romance back in our marriages. Amen. we got to date your wife. That's why we need to have date nights. We need to have, you know, we need to find out the five languages of love. Read Gary Chapman's great book, Five Languages of Love. Sit down with your wife and find out what are the top languages of her. Like when I do something for my wife, she's probably watching me right now. She gets so excited. She says thank you like five times. I'm like, I just... I mean, I just washed the dishes. <laughs> Words of affirmation, big on her. You know, time is big. So all I'm trying to say, I'm just trying to bring some context here to continuously woo your wife and your husband. The Bible says, if you do not honor your wife, your prayers are hindered. You're praying. I'm like, my God, what's happening? He's just hitting the ceiling, coming back down. Because the Bible says, if you honor your wife, your prayers are gonna be heard. How is that correlation well, coming back to the topic of what I'm trying to say is that this is same in the life of the church. We got saved. I got saved in 1993. I was recently uh, in India visiting my mom. I just felt in my heart. Man, I've been wanting to you know, spend some time with my parents, especially around Christmas. My, my family wants me to hear me Christmas, so, so I'm trying to balance it out. and decided in less than 24 hours. I'm getting on a plane. My parents can't handle that. You know, maybe American parents can't handle that. You show up in the door and knock. They're like, "Wow, surprise." My parents were probably died. So, uh, so I thought, I, "Let me let me give them 24 hours notice." And I just showed up in their home. And I'm like, "Holding my mom out and just walking around the mall and just really dating my mom and spending time." And probably if you if I would ask her, she probably said, "This is probably the best time of her life." We talk to her, I mean, we talk to each other every day. She's my greatest prayer warrior. She probably would be praying for me if she would know that I'd be ministering here. But let me just try to say, tell you something. Just like, you know, and I finally got to the point that I found my Bible. That's what I wanted to say. I found my Bible that I started reading when I was saved, when I got saved in 1993. Oh my God, that Bible is colored. It's like a coloring book. God was speaking to me. I I got notes on the side. I got the, you know, I got notes everywhere, colors, crayons. I mean, I'm telling you, I was on fire for Jesus. I didn't have an agenda when I went to prayer. I didn't have a ministry to run. I didn't have a family to feed. Every time I went before God is because I love Jesus and I want to love him more. And when I love him more and when I receive his love, I want to tell that to other people. Where are we right now? I want to show that picture right here. If you see the sign anywhere on the street, what what does this mean? Take a U-turn. Tonight I want to say I have two messages. It's probably my lifetime messages. One of my message is the main thing is, if you are, if you do not know Jesus, you're walking away from Jesus, you're living your own life. It's time for you to take a U-turn. Turn your life around. Turn that car around. Turn your life around and follow Christ. Because the Bible says, God came down. The Bible says, you know, uh, uh, John 3:16. He loved. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I'm telling you, come, coming from the place that I am, coming in from, we have 33 million gods, as they say in India. You can have, an, uh, have a God for yourself, if I may say it right. And every religion in this world... Is based on this idea. That man's got to try to reach God somehow. I got to crawl on the floor. I got to climb up a mountain. I got to fast. I got to do this. I got to do 10 different things. Through works. Trying to reach God. Every religion. And then you read the Bible. The greatest love story on the face of planet earth. God came down to man. It's not man trying to reach God. God came down to man. And there are people hearing at the frequency of my voice that you have never given your life to Jesus. This morning is your time to give your life to Jesus. Because he loves you, he cares for you, and he wants to take you away from the messes that you have been through and give you a new life and take a U-turn. But for the church this morning, I feel like the church, you and I, we need to take a U-turn. 2024, we're like, oh my God, I believe God, you're gonna bless me, you're gonna prosper me, you're gonna increase me. You're pulling every scripture that talks about the blessing. You wanna be on that express road, be on that Tesla, the hybrid car, and just ramp it up full speed with your life and enjoy the blessings of God. But let me tell you, I'm here to tell you, before you get on that exit, you need to take a U turn. You need to go back and finish some unfinished business. Revelation chapter two, verses four to five, if you can get your scriptures up. This is what John speaks to this church right here. Let me get this. What does it say? Revelation chapter two. I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. There are three words to be looked at here. Number one, remember. Number two, repent. Number three, go back to the first words. What is the first word? Repeat it all over again. We have walked away from the first love to Jesus. And this morning is a wake-up call for all of us. Are you coming to church because you, oh my God, it's Sunday morning. Are you going through the motions of religion? Are you going through the motions of church? Oh my God, today's morning, Sunday morning, i got to be in church. Are you doing things for the sake of doing it? Are you here to pursue a brand, pursue a person? I know there's amazing worship leaders and pastors and speakers in this house. Are you pursuing the person, the personality or the person of Jesus? Are you pursuing Jesus in your life? Are you here to worship because you want to have more of Him? You want to worship Him? You want to be intimately in love with Him? You want to adore Him? The scripture says, the people of Israel looked at the hands of God, looked at God as an ATM. What can His hands do? What can I do to get His hands to work on my behalf? But the Bible says, the people of Israel looked at his hands, but Moses sought the face of God. City Light Church, this morning, there is a call for all of us to return back to our first love. Is everybody with me? And I want to tell you something. There are three indicators to understand where we are standing with our first love. The the number one is worship and prayer. How is your personal Time with God. The word is tag. T A W G. Time alone with God. How is your time alone with God? Does it have like you know? Every time you have to come to prayer, do you have like a whole list of things that you have to get by before you can actually seek the face of Jesus and adore Him? Do you have an agenda. I know we come from corporate world where we have an agenda. Can we come to God in worship without an agenda? The only agenda is to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Is to love him, to adore him, to worship him for who really he is, not for what he can do. So how is a worship time? What is a personal worship time as a family? As we start this year on the 21 day fast, Somebody said, doing the same things again and again and expecting different results is called insanity. The beginning of this year, can you rebuild that family altar at home? I'm not pointing pointing my finger to you, I'm, I'm just saying, can we do that? I put it on my calendar every day. 1900 is family time. I tag my wife onto it. It's on my calendar. It's a reminder. I can't have a meeting at this time. It's time for us to pray together. It's time for us as a family to seek God together. To turn my house from a place that plays Netflix to a house of prayer. Restore the family altar in our life. Restore your personal altar, your personal worship time, your personal prayer time. Is your prayer time all about telling God what you want? Or is your prayer time just talking to Jesus? Yes. Oh, I gotta pray because I gotta talk to Jesus. I gotta pray because I gotta seek what is on his heart. I gotta pray because I need more of Jesus in my life. Or I gotta pray because I have a SOS. My budget is in the red. <laughs> my business not doing well. It's always an SOS prayer that we have. I think it's time for us to shift and pivot from SOS to adoration. Amen, how's our worship time? How's our prayer time? Number two, how's our word time? This preacher is trying to make it all Ws, right, Master Bro? Number one is worship. Number two is word. How much time do you read? I mean, this, this little glass screen that we have, if you look at the screen time that we're doing, how much time do we spend on YouTube? How much time do we spend on Instagram? How much time do we spend on every other app but the Bible app? Thank God for the Bible app. Over half a million downloads. If you have never seen me on it, Jan 17, I'm back on the worst of the day. Over two million people, they say read that worst of the day every single day. And it's on the most downloaded app. But my point is, it's not about having that app on the phone. It's about getting those streaks up. There's a thing called the streak. How many times have you read the Bible continuously? Is your streak breaking from time to time? You're going back to zero? Or is it just keeping on, adding up? Is it like 364? I'm asking you, what is your word time? The Bible says, whatever his word is like the best steak in the world. I got to eat that word. I got to meditate on that word. I got to make that word mine. And the last piece is that what is your witness time look like? When is the last time that you shared the gospel with somebody? I know you're busy. I know your corporate life. Every time you get, if you are in love with Jesus, and if you are receiving his love, I'm telling you, you just want to be telling everybody about it. You know, a year ago, my wife and I and the whole family, we drove across the country, I think I've shared this year. Nine thousand miles, thirty days from cross-country across the country, praying because God spoke to Abraham. Walked the length and breadth of this land. And we felt like this is our mandate. This summer, we're going to create history. And every night, we were in a different city, almost every night in a different hotel. And the kids, we went to this hotel, we checked in, and uh, nice place, great hospitality. We're about to check out, and the the kids, you know, at the counter, they just feel like Dad's got this metal card they can swipe it and swing it and wave it and everything's going to come. So they just went and picked up two frappuccinos coming to the counter to get checked out. And, and the lady at the counter says, oh no, no, it's, it's, oh, it's on us." I'm like, wow, it's pretty cool. The next place, a, a week later, uh, uh, we were in another city, another part of the country, the same hotel chain. The kids go pick up some gummies. Kids love gummies especially the colored ones. So, you know, we're, 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 they're going to check it, check it out and then the, then the counter lady says, oh no, 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 it's on us. I'm like, wait a minute. This kind of generosity, I've never ever seen it. Right, and then I'm on to, on to the next place. Next place we are happy to look for the place that, you know, a city that has that brand on. And the third city, again, the same thing all over again. so I just like, wait a minute, let me just talk to that lady. And she tells me this is part of their core values, generosity and hospitality. And I became an evangelist of this brand. Everywhere I'm going, oh guys, man, you gotta check out, the yogurt is so good. There's a bike outside, There's the, 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 it's all green. I mean, it's a green place. I'm, I'm just, I've become an evangelist of this, this hotel chain. I'm telling people, they're not even paying me, but I'm still telling people. If you are so full of Jesus, It will ooze out of you. Some people, you got to squeeze and squeeze. There's nothing in that, brother. It's a flat tire. It's a flat balloon. There's nothing in it. There used to be some air back in the day, 20 years ago. Like most preachers says these hands have been laid on people like 20 years ago. Tell me about stories that happened yesterday. Tell me about stories that happened 6 months ago. Tell me about stuff that happened 2 years ago. Tell me something fresh. I want a fresh story of intimacy with God. So if your life is in in sync and in love and it is oozing the revelation of God, you got I mean you touch it, you sit next to somebody on a plane, it's going to come out. You don't care what other people would think about you because you're like, man, I don't care. If you don't get this, even if you die on this plane, I mean, that's, that, that's the best thing I, I get, people. You sit on a plane and talk about, like, if this plane goes down, what's going to happen? Yeah! <laughs> this is the biggest wake-up call you can get people. If they're like, wise president, president, everybody's scared of their life. But we're like, we're cool, I and mean, we're gonna miss family, but guess what? I'm gonna go straight to Jesus. Yeah. I'm so full of that, that assurance, that faith. I'm saying how much of that is being shared with other people. So if your worship time is down, if your word time is down, if your witness time is down, it is a great call this morning for all of us to return back to the first love, Amen. to fall in Jesus with love in Jesus all over again and say, God, I need you more. One of his commandments, the only thing probably he said is that, you know, forget the Ten Commandments. Jesus said, do this. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself because when you love Jesus, it will automatically flow. Your neighbors will know, your work people will know, everybody around will know. Is everybody with me? I know this is not the coolest, happiest crazy message, but this is the heart of God for all of us this morning, is that for us to return to our first love. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. The second piece of this is to return back to the ancient boundaries that God has placed upon my life or our lives. And I've been working out recently in a new location. I found my tribe, been working out every day. And see, these guys that I work out with, they're maniacs. They're Christian maniacs. They do things and they make me do things that I would probably never done in my lifetime. I'm stretching my body, I'm doing more things, I'm killing this flesh. By the time I finish my workout, I'm like, oh my God. But at the end, when we are leaving the place, our man makes a statement. One of the friends out there, he says, you know, he's a pastor. He tells me, Listen, bro, don't waste this workout. What does that mean? Don't go and eat some junk. Don't go eat some sugary things. Don't go get that frappuccino with four pumps of sugar soon after you get your work, do your workout because you, you wasted it. When you discipline your, your body, there are boundaries in your life, in your, in, your, in your life, in your health, in the food that you're eating. Oh my God, you're weighing, you're looking at the backside. So you never looked at the backside of a, of a Coke bottle. You never looked at, you know, whether, you know, whether how much calories is God, how much sugar is God, how much sodium is God. I mean, you're getting into details these days. Why? Because it matters to you. But as a child of God, you have to go back to the ancient boundaries. As a child of God, as a Christian... What is permissible for other people is not permissible for you. Don't tell me what other people are trying to do. Don't tell me how other people live their life, what is their value system. Don't bring that into your home because this is uncharted territory. What is permissible for my boss? Even some Christian brothers and sisters. When I hang out in most circles these days, I'm feeling like, oh my God, what is different between us and the ones outside. We're pretty much doing the same thing here. It's just that we got the holy talk, and the holy tag, and the holy caps that we wear to remind ourselves that we are. But let me tell you, a lifestyle doesn't reflect the separation. You know, the, the, the boundaries, God created boundaries for us in the scripture. Our sexuality, there are boundaries for it boundaries for a single person boundaries for a married person boundaries for sin sexuality in the new testament it doesn't even t- tell me i have to you know i have to sleep with somebody so the bible says if i look at somebody with lust in my eyes i've already sinned don't tell me oh my god you know my friends are you know they're they're cool people you know i don't think they they have a problem with us living in oh my god when is that When did that happen in the church? When is that written in the word of God? We have slaughtered the fear of God at the altar of relevance. We wanna be cool. Did you hear me right? You have slaughtered the fear of God at the altar of relevance. We wanna be relevant. Let me tell you something, relevant church is dead. Relevant Christianity is dead. They tried to do it, it didn't work. It worked for some time. We have moved the goalpost of our life a lot. When did profane language become okay as a child of God? The Bible says the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be pleasing to you. Yes. Oh God. Help us with our language. No matter how frustrated you are, no matter how sick you feel, no matter how betrayed you feel, you as a child of God, you got to walk, you got to watch the words that come out of your mouth. The Bible says, out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Am I preaching to somebody here? Yes. Is this helping? Is this helping? Yes. Is this helping? This is really the heart of God. We have boundaries. Romans chapter 12, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What is worship? What is true worship? When you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, it goes on to say, Do not confirm to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are in this world, but you're not of this world. Oh my God. Oh my God. Somebody preach that. When is the last time that you hung out with somebody who didn't tell you things that you like? When is the last time you read a book that convicted you? When is the last time that you heard a sermon that you felt like, oh my God, ouch! And the kids are getting Do you hang around with mentors who say, oh my God, Bonnie, look at that leather jacket. Oh man, you look so cool. The way you speak is amazing. I don't want people to tell me all the good things of life. Tell me all the things that I need to change. I don't give money to a a coach to help me to affirm what I'm already doing. I need to change, I wanna go to the next level and there is a price to pay for that. The Bible says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? I'm going old school, guys. Old school. Old school here. Bible school. Old school. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. This morning, the Lord is calling us as a church to return back to the ancient boundaries, return back to our first love with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen? Don't go beyond what God has authorized. And on the other side, we have gone into the religion world where we have to do, 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 do. Jesus did not come to create a religion. He came to create relationship that was broken. So in the church, we've got to beat religion. We have to slaughter. We have slaughtered Intimacy at the altar of religion. Oh no, 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 time to go back to intimacy with Jesus. The other piece is to return back to the original vision of your life. You've been hanging out with people and now their vision has become your vision. Where is your vision? You know what God has called you to do as a family. You know what God has asked you to do but you have forsaken that because you want to look cool, and you want to look accepted, and you want to look happening, and you become part of some cool vision. Guess what happened? God did not call you for the cool vision. God gave you a specific vision. He asked you to do something, and I'm telling you, vision is not easy. Vision. The Bible. The Bible says, "Those." Uh, uh, you know, let me get that scripture right for you. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, people perish. In this presidential election year, every candidate is not talking about what they have done, they're telling about what they want to do. They're casting a vision. What is the vision for your life? What is your vision for your family? What is your vision for your, I mean, if you take vision seriously, your calendar is gonna reflect your vision. If you don't have a vision, you're gonna go everywhere. This prayer meeting, that prayer meeting, this leaders meeting, that meeting, this meeting, you're gonna go everywhere and try to please people. That is the biggest trap that you can ever be in. If you're focused on your vision, you know exactly where to go. Your calendar will reflect your vision. Your budget will reflect your vision. Your eating habits will reflect your vision. Where you live will reflect your vision. Where you work and who you hang out with will reflect your vision. Because if you hang out with toxic people, let me get this right for you. The Bible says those who hangs out with the wise will become wise. But those who hangs out with the wicked, it doesn't say you will be wicked. It, the Bible says you will be destroyed. So watch the people that we hang out with and watch your vision. Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. If you do not have a vision, you do not have a future. And vision gives pain a purpose. Oh man, I'm telling you, is it hard to get up in the morning? Especially in New York's? You know, to, I mean, that's, it's cold. The seat is Cold. And these cars, they just charge you just, just to switch on the heating on the steering wheel. That's another $5,000. I mean, that's, 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 that's how they sell. So your seat is heated, but your steering wheel is not. And you don't feel like getting up in the morning. It's cold. You have every reason why you don't want to go work out. Even though you're buddies. And no gym wants you to be there because every, everybody shows up in the gym. There wouldn't be any room. So they want you to take the membership and just stay at home. Yes or no? I'm not preaching. If everybody shows up in the, (laughs) you know, you know, this model, but I'm telling you vision gives pain a purpose. So it's painful for me to get up in the morning and to follow the disciplines of my life to do what God is asking me to do. But if I do it, I will be the most fulfilled person on earth. So you got to pay a price for your vision. Just keep you stay focused. So God is saying, go back to the original vision. I don't know your vision. I know mine, that's why I keep sharing it every time. You probably know it by heart. Every student in every nation gospelized and mobilize. Every student in every nation gospelize and mobilized. Every student in every nation gospelize and mobilize. I gotta keep reminding myself. Because if I'm not careful, and if I hang out too much with other people, their vision becomes my, oh my God, wait, wait a minute. I got to raise all this money? Like a half a million dollar budget, I got to raise it? I wish I would be a salaried guy. I wish I could just be like a guy, a regular guy. I could be a regular bivocational ministry. Isn't that cool? is that cool? Of course it is cool. Is there models in the Bible? Of course. But it is what, is that what God is calling you to do? When I hang out with you know, I love pastors, but I, and I know they, they have their own, you know, journey to take. But I feel like, man, maybe I just need to be a pastor. You know, or maybe just, you know, I'm telling you, there's been several offers to me to deviate me from the focus that I was supposed to be. Here's a check. Here's a thing. Here's that. Here's this you can do. I'm telling you, I have to say no, because I am clear about what God wants me to do. Money money. Vision gives direction. Vision evokes passion. Vision motivates. Vision disciplines. Vision prioritizes. God is calling us to return back to the original vision on your life. When in doubt, go back to square one. When in doubt, go check your journal out. When in doubt, go check your prophetic word. Oh my God, you're, you're, you have a hard disk Filled with prophecies. Guys, it's time to go back and get some roadmaps. Rather than going out to the next prophetic word, it's time for us to go and check the old prophetic words and check if we have fulfilled it. God is calling this church into the next level. He loves you so much that He sent a curry eating man to share (laughs) this word. Not just for you, I take it as a we word, it's for me. The last piece is to return back to covenant relationships. The other day I was talking to somebody, I haven't talked, are, you know, there are peoples in your life, Dr. A. Bernard says this, you know, some people come in for a season, some kind of reason, some for a lifetime. And they say it takes about 200 hours to build trust with anybody. Like me and Pastor James, give me a high five, bro. Listen, me and him, for me to just be like thick, thick, I need to be given in a 200 hours of just hanging out with him. That's like 200 hours, 200 coffees, 200 meals. Putting that time into very basic at $50 an hour, that's like $100 just to meet for an hour, plus the meals, plus the food, plus, you know, the, the transport. Imagine the amount of money that you've invested into relationships in the future. But this season, prophetically, I speak to you that God is reminding you to make that call and call somebody right now. He's bringing some concentric circles of relationships back into your life. I know it finished the season. There are people that I thought, oh my God, we had a great run in India. God bless you. That was great. That was great. Fantastic. You move to the next place. You are in the Middle East. Oh my God, they are in the Middle East. They are now in Dubai. Oh my God, they moved from India to Dubai. Oh, we have one more round here. Dubai is over. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Peace, cheese. You know, know, whatever you're the rock, rock guys. Peace, guys, peace done you come to the us they have they are now in your neighborhood <laughs> they've showed up in your neighborhood they're now in the east coast they're now 2 hours away all that 200 and over hundreds of hours of relationship is now paying out in different terrains of my life because god is saying you're not done with them yet one more round One more round of dreaming together. One more round. Let me tell you something. When I partner with somebody, when I partner with this church to go to campuses, hey man, this church wants to go to campus, but they can't. They, found, they were looking like we want to reach the next generation. Show us a person who reaches the next generation. And I, God shows me up in this circle. And now we have a perfect fit here of a partnership where the church wants to reach them. But they don't know how to. But they're now partnering. Which means co-ownership. Oh my God. Partnership means co-ownership. If you're partnering financially with a ministry, you're co-owning it. You know, as a non-profit, I just want to let you know that you can't take nothing out of that. All you can expense is expense it out. It's not like your own company that you're like, I got stake in it. I've been doing this for the last 20 years. I have no equity in it. I can put it on my LinkedIn and say that I was the founder. That's it. (laughs) You cash out with nothing. I mean, you cash out with everything that God has asked you to do. But on the business world, I mean, you left a company, you exited with like tons of money. So when you're partnering with somebody, what's happening is you're becoming a co-owner of that vision, and I'm telling you, God is bringing relationships back in your life to do one more round of kingdom activity together to reach students. Out of the blue, this young man called me up. We did a lot of stuff together in different cities. Dreamed together did some crazy things, filled stadiums, and I'm like, all right, bye-bye, cheers, peace. The next thing I know is I've been heard from him for years. I get a call from him, listen, I've, uh, I've now moved to the US, I'm married, and uh, I live in Phoenix, and that, re- that just one conversation led to us dreaming about the largest outreach to the South Asian tech community in Phoenix. Over 300 tech people showed up, over 25 people got saved, all because of that one call of re-engagement with a friend that I haven't seen for a long time, but in the right time, when Karos means chronos, God is bringing concentrated relationships back again. Maybe I'm prophesying somebody. Maybe it doesn't make sense, don't, don't, don't take it. If it doesn't make somebody, if it makes sense, God's bringing those, some people you don't like. Listen, some people you don't like. You wish you didn't want to work, but you have seen the ugly side of him so you know exactly what to expect. <laughs> you know what can possibly go. What is the, what, what is the damages that could, have, you know, that could happen? But you have built trust here. You have built a covenant relationship. That's why somebody said, if you find your people, hold on to them. If you're in this church, hold on to somebody. Give a high five to somebody and say, we found ourselves. We found us, we're in the right place, with the right community. That's why we ask you to go come together, you know, praying together. Sharing the gospel together. Somebody said, if you don't evangelize, you will fossilize. Why is the church in America dying? Why is the church in the West dying? Because man, they're just feasting on last year's glory. They're feasting on the last 20 years of glory. Nothing they have done right now and if you don't evangelize, evangelism is the marketing wing of the church. If you're on a business, if you don't do marketing, nobody knows about you. Well, word of mouth gets around. I'm saying that. Some people I've heard, like, say, oh, my bro, you know, I don't do business. I, I don't do marketing. It's just word of mouth. I'm like, great, great, great. But it's only, if you want to lift it to the next level, you got to do marketing. And that is the great commission. So I'm saying right here, that God is, I want to ask the worship team to come and I'm going to land the plane. But what I'm asking you to do today, as I did in the first sermon, the first service is to step out. Not because you've sinned, but you want to say, God, I want to return back to my first love. I mean, I would be here right here on the front if I were to give a call right now. It's not to count numbers, count hands, count heads, count butts. nothing. I want you to just take a step of faith. Not just a step of faith, an intentional step a response of moving out from your seat. Like Billy Graham would say, in a few minutes from now, you're gonna walk up. He got everybody ready for the last 20, 30 minutes of him speaking just for them to come forward. Here I am asking you to come forward and say, God, I need to go. I'm hungry. I wanna be in love with Jesus again. I don't wanna talk about 20 years of stories, last year's story, like in you know, a five-year story, 20 years ago, I was this and that. Tell me where you are right now. If you need to go back, you need to bounce up from that seat right now. As we all stand up right now, we all stand up right here. I want to open up the altar right now.
1: This is the City Light Church podcast. If you've missed any part of today's message or if you would like to find out more about Pastor Boyan Jancic and City Light Church, visit us at citylightnyc.com. That's citylightnyc.com. Feel free to visit us online or in person anytime. We would love to connect with you. We pray that you have been encouraged today that you have been reminded how much God loves you, and that you are surrounded by grace. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to City Light Church Podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts worldwide.